You know, we're, we're in a series right now called Signs. Everybody say signs. Signs, signs everywhere, signs. But you know what? Tomorrow's a very special day. Tomorrow is the day that we remember the life of Martin Luther King. This is this what I, when I was thinking, we're going to show a quick video today to just remind us of the great work that this, now listen to me, not this politician. He wasn't a politician, y'all. People's tried to turn him into a politician. He wasn't a politician. Let me tell you what he was. He was a preacher. He was a preacher, okay? That's where he was. He was, he was a preacher of the gospel. But, but, I, but I, I put down on my notes, MLK, he knew how to read the signs. Mm-hmm. He didn't ignore the signs that was trying to warn us of the destruction that we were going down. But I'm going to tell you something else about Dr. King. Dr. King was a sign. He was a sign that many read. Many looked at his life and saw something and got direction and a correction of the course that they were on. Can I get an amen? I'm thankful because when he said, I have a dream, and y'all have heard it millions of times, thousands of times, I had a dream. I have a dream. Let me tell you something. The dream that he talked about, you can look around in this room right now, and we see the dream alive. Can I get an amen? What he believed God for is happening in this house. We are worshiping God together. Hey, by the way, not just black folk and white folk. Come on, somebody. How many knows his dream was for every person, regardless of race, regardless of ethnic background, regardless. Somebody shout, if you're breathing, you can worship with me. So we thank God for this great man of God. Let's watch this video and remember the life of Dr. King. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy that all men would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I have a dream. What can I do? My four little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I can't see the use of me crying. If I'm not even trying to make the change, I want to see. I can't sit and I may not get 
than white men will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old spiritual. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Because his dream was a kingdom dream. Come on, church. Come on. His dream was not his dream. His dream was the kingdom. His dream was the heart of God. It was the heart of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Slap your neighbor and tell him the dream is alive. Don't slap him. High five him. Don't actually slap him. Some of y'all take my words literally and knock the fire out of somebody. Been waiting on an excuse. Well, pastor told me to do it. Praise God. Signs. Signs. Everywhere signs. Today is a big one. Today I want to preach to you about a sign that some of y'all don't even know how to obey it correctly. It's called yield. Everybody say yield. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Y'all going to hear some stuff today. It's 1117 if you got to take medicine. Go ahead and take that. Go ahead and pop that pill so you don't blame me. Praise God. That's the only reason you need to know what time it is. And I don't care how old that joke is. I'll be telling it when I'm 70. Praise God. Every course that you're on, every road that you're on, unless you're in, you're in the backwoods or somewhere uh, that's cut through somebody's yard and cut through somebody's land. And even then, you usually have signs. Signs are everywhere. In the natural, in the spiritual. I believe that some of you are very dedicated to follow many of the natural signs, but you continue to miss, bypass, or ignore the spiritual signs. Mm-hmm. See, for those that don't even really think that you obey the signs correctly, you still see signs every day, exit signs, so many miles to the, your location sign. Of course, there's the stop sign. There's the no parking sign that we preached about both of them. There's the one-way sign. Come on, one way or another, he's going to find you. He's going to get you, get you, get you, get you one way or another. Signs everywhere. But there's a little sign. It's not so little, but I call it it's just this little sign in the big scheme of signs that people don't talk that much about. If you ask somebody to name some signs to me uh, that, that's prevalent in your life, they'll always pop out. What's the number one thing? Stop sign. They'll talk about yield signs. They'll, I mean, they won't talk about yield signs. They'll talk about one-way signs. They'll talk about other things. Every once in a while, you hear somebody talk about yield sign. But the reason people don't like to talk about a yield sign is because most of the time, they don't like them. Mm-hmm. Well, is this microphone working? Let me tell you a little bit of history about the yield sign. A yield sign literally was originally called something else, and it really means this. The original sign didn't say yield. It said give way. Somebody say give way. So the original sign that became what we know as a yield sign was called a give way sign. Oh, and by the way, another little nugget. Don't know how deep I'll go into this, but many of you are not young enough. I mean, you're, you're too young. You're not old enough to remember this, but I vaguely remember it. Do y'all know that this is not what a yield sign always looked like? Does anybody remember what it used to look like? 
It was yellow. That's right. It was yellow with black letters on it. And the yellow was the brightest color at that time on signs. They were trying to get people's attention, but they realized that if we could find a way to make it reflective and change the colors, because people automatically think about a stop sign. So if they saw red, it may get their attention. That's why it was changed. But it used to be yellow. But it meant give way. Everybody say give way. Now, here's what, here's, I'm just reading this directly off of uh, uh, the, the study that I did on this. It says a yield sign, or originally called a giveaway sign, indicates, listen, the merging of drivers, the, 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 that merging drivers, I should say, must prepare to stop if necessary. That's the key words, if necessary, to let a driver on another approach proceed. Ooh, I'm going to step on some toes today. I'm continuing off the the website that I read this from. A driver who stops or slows down to let another vehicle through, watch this, has yielded the right-of-way to that vehicle. In contrast between this and a stop sign, a stop sign requires every driver to stop completely before proceeding whether or not traffic is present. Remember the old saying, if a tree falls in, in, the, in the forest, does it make a sound if nobody's there to hear it? Of course it does, but we understand what they're trying to say is we base the sound on what we can hear. Now, some people take that same logic for a stop sign. If they don't see anybody else coming, in their mind they're thinking, there's no reason for me to stop. But stop signs are not there for you to choose whether it's the right thing for you to do or stop. Stop To stop whether it's the right thing to do or not. The stop sign says you stop even if you don't see nothing coming or it's against the law. A yield sign says you may have to stop or you may not have to stop. But more than anything, you at least need to slow down and give way. Somebody shout, give way. Now, how many knows one of the things that you were taught when you were learning how to drive is who has the right of way? You know, in the South, we slur everything. We call it right of way, one word. It's actually right of way. But we be like, right of way? Who got the right of way? We spelled R-I-D-E-O-W-A-Y, one word, right of way. Are you coming over the house? I'll be there right away. But see, you have to understand this about a yield sign. You have to understand that this, when you yield and you give way, is a time when you understand that you are merging onto a road that somebody else is probably already on. You were not on that road. You're wanting to get on that road, but there are other people that are already on that road. And they, depending upon the situation, we know right turns, left turns, when you had an intersection, all this, we're taught who has the right of way. When you are coming into a yield, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt the road that you are yielding into, the people on that road have the right of way, not you. Somebody shout, preach on, preacher. See, they have the right of way. 
This does not mean that you do not have the right to join them. It just means that you have to respect the ones who were already there. Oh, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't thinking with your spirit man right now. You'd already got where I'm going. We live in a generation who has no respect for those that have gone before us. I'm not talking about young people. They're just following you. I'm talking about adults, middle-aged folks that were raised in such a blessed time in the United States of America, they don't even know what it feels like to go through struggle. Our parents do. Our grandparents do. Many that are going on to be with the Lord did. Do you know what? It's a sad thing to say that that generation was the generation of yes, sir, and no, sir. Yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. That was the generation of getting up and giving their seat to an older person when they see them standing. Come on, are you hearing me? That was the generation that opened doors for people. I'm not saying this generation doesn't do it. But we are a self-centered. We come up to a yield sign and we don't care how many cars is on the road we're trying to get into. They need to stop and let us on because we are trying to get on the road and they don't even know who we are. Trying to get some kind of jalopy beat up smoking car to slow down for your nice fancy SUV you you look down on people but guess what that old beat up jalopy has been carrying somebody to work for years providing for their wife and their kids and you have no right to to assume that because you got a nicer car a faster car that you have the right to get ahead of them oh my god I'm preaching good I think about the generals of the faith. Pastor Sandy talked about Jack Van Impey. Man, I can't tell you the nights that me and my wife for years and years and years. When we, when we were in our little uh, single wide trailer and then we moved into our little house in Trafford. How we made a point in our life every week to watch Jack Van Impey. I mean, that man knew the Bible. It was unbelievable. Oil Roberts, Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke. These are all men who have already died. And gone on in death. But there's so many that are still with us. And they're still on that road. Rod Parsley. Clint Brown. Perry Stone. Frankie Powell. T.D. Jakes. Tudor Bismarck. Come on, are you hearing me? I could go on and on and on. These are generals. Joyce Meyer. Are y'all hearing me? Felicia Shire. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about... Mighty men and women of God who are still pushing, still moving on that road. I'm thankful for the younger generation. I'm thankful that we got preachers that have been raised up, young men and women of God. Just because you got a bigger church than these generals don't mean that you got a right to usurp authority or to put down those that paved the way for you. Oh, my God, I'm preaching good. We've pushed the older generation out of the church. Huh? We've pushed them to the, I'm not saying anything against small country churches, but we've pushed them and forced them to find small country churches out in the middle of nowhere and leave the churches that they've been serving in for years.
Huh? Because they don't think they're relevant anymore. Maybe they're in a retirement age and they don't have that much income coming anymore. Maybe they can't move like they used to move. So we need young people to come in. And and yes, of course we do. But the Bible teaches us that the young women and the young men are supposed to be mentored by those that have been living this life longer than us. That's been on that road. Somebody say it's time to give way. Notice we didn't say that that young people are not the lifeblood of a church, and it is. If you don't have a church full of young people, if you don't have a church full of young men and women of God pushing uh, and, and praising God, your church is dying. But the reality is this. Just because you have a desire to see young people doesn't mean that we need to forget the generals. Why are you so quiet on me? We live in a generation of entitlement. Huh? Spoiled and entitled mentality. They think the world owes them something. The world does not owe you anything. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's time for you to get up, dust yourself up, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. And quite frankly, it's time for some of you to get a job. Grown man still letting mom and daddy take care of you. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. See, I'm really dating myself there, y'all. By the way, I was not alive when that song came out, okay? But my mama made me listen to it. Because from a young age, she was telling me, boy, you're going to get a job. See, this generation that we live in, I'm including myself, doesn't respect the price that has been paid by those who have went before We would not have what we have. We would not be able to do what we are doing. And thank God, every father, every mother wants their kids to do more than they did, go further than they went. We want our young people to do more than we've ever done before. But the reality is this. When you are excited about technology and excited about all these things that you can do with the gospel, let's not forget that before there was Instagram, before there was Facebook, before there was a way for you to send a text asking somebody to pray for you, you had a grandma who had a, oh my God, who had, would get down on the side of her bed and pray for you that you would give your life to Jesus. I saw a video clip and I shared it on my timeline. If you want to go back and watch it, it's only about 45 seconds long, minute long. It was T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes said this. He said, it's funny to me that nobody ever comes up to this altar Hardly no one comes up to this altar anymore and asks me to pray for my son or my daughter to be saved anymore. He said, that's all I used to hear. But I don't hear nobody asking me to pray for their kid to be saved anymore. He said, I'm I'm hearing prayers about pray for me that I'll get this and get that and all this kind of stuff. He said, but it's strange to me. The mamas and daddies are not asking me to pray for their sons to be saved anymore. But all of a sudden now, they're asking me to pray for their sons and their daughters because they're about to be put in jail. And he said, but you didn't want to wake your kid up and bring them to church 
because you didn't want to be a nuisance to your kid and you didn't want to teach them. You didn't want to wake them up. This is what he said. He said, now they're asking me to write letters of recommendation for them before the judge about a son and a daughter that I have never met in my life. He said, the generations have changed so much. He said, you didn't want to wake your kid up on Sunday morning and bring them to church, but now somebody else is going to wake them up every morning at 5 o'clock and tell them where to get the time to eat, time to go to the bathroom, time to go out and stand in the sunshine for one hour. They're going to be, made, they're going to be woke up every day, but you couldn't wake them up to bring them to the house of God. Woo, I didn't say it, T.D. Jakes did. Get mad at him. We need to be respectful. We need to teach our kids to be respectful. My generation was really the first one. I started hearing my friends, when we started having kids, and their kids started getting older, you stopped hearing our kids say yes, sir, and no, sir. I'm not necessarily talking to people out in the world. We would teach them to say yes, sir, and no, sir, to people out there, but we felt uncomfortable for them to say it to us because it made us feel old. People say things. They, I've heard this so many times. Been a pastor over the years. Oh, don't, don't, don't call me, ma'am. Don't call me, sir. Because that, I'm, I'm, I'm not much older than you. Well, let me tell you something. What you tell that, what you're telling that kid, it ain't a, that kid's trying to show to you, show you somebody taught me to respect you. Has nothing to do with about the fact that I call you old. I'm just trying to respect you. And when you tell them, don't call me sir, don't call me ma'am, you're telling that kid that it's okay to not make way, to not yield to those that have gone before them. You're teaching them to spiritually punch it and ignore the signs. It's good preaching whether you like it or not. Somebody shout, give way. Watch this. 1 Timothy 5, 17 says this. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Y'all don't want me to preach on what double honor means. Y'all don't want me to preach on what the word honor means because it will really mess you up because the word honor, literally look it up in the original Greek, it means money. Literally what, what, what he's saying to Timothy is let the elders who rule work, count, be counted worthy of double money, mm, mm, double honor. How many of you ever heard that sermon, put your, put your money where your mouth is, praise God? How many of we'll honor somebody who's tilling the ground, but yet we'll not honor them in other ways? Oh, my God, I'm not preaching on that today. Especially those who, watch this, labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. And I just threw this last one in here for you because some of y'all need to hear this one. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except with two or three witnesses. In other words, you're going to try to talk about somebody that's in your church that's an elder? If you really want to be big spiritual man or woman of God you need to go get two other witnesses with you and go to that person do not even entertain somebody talking and complaining about an elder in the house that you serve in 
if I did, if it, this microphone didn't cost so much money, I'd drop it. In 1950, a little bit more about the yield sign. Am I preaching good? Watch this. I, I ain't even started preaching yet. This is my introduction. A little bit more about the yield sign. In 1950, watch this. This is this is cool story here. In 1950, the world's first yield sign was posted. There was no yield sign until 1950. It was posted at the corner of 1st Street and Columbia Avenue in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now watch this. Before the sign was introduced, this intersection was considered to be the most dangerous in all of Tulsa. Although there was already a right-of-way, listen to this, law in place, it was difficult to enforce it, and many drivers failed to abide by the rules. There was a law in the books that you must give way. But nobody, when they got on the road, was reminded of that law. So this guy named Officer Clinton Riggs came up with this idea a Tulsa native and a police officer. He began developing signs that he hoped would alleviate the problems. Now watch this. This is powerful here. I'm just reading from my research. When he puts this first and it just said give way to right of way. It had all those words on it. It said give way to right of way. I've seen a picture of the sign. And it wasn't a triangle. It was another kind of weird shape. But he put it on this corner and he said, not only do I want this for people to see, but listen to what he said. He wanted to assign, oh, Lord, this will preach right here. He wanted to assign clear blame in the event of a collision and hoped his sign would make liability clear. Are y'all hearing me? In other words, before there was a sign and there was a collision, nobody was able to say whose fault it was. But once yield or give way to the right-of-way and you knew who had the right-of-way was put up and there was a collision and it went to the lawyer, the lawyer could say, well, sir, did you not see the sign? See, I've seen it happen over and over and over again over the last 25 plus almost 30 years of ministry. Collisions in the house of God. One vision, one vision, one ego, another ego. Boom, boom, boom. And nobody wants to claim blame. In fact, they always want to blame the other guy. Are y'all hearing me? But there are spiritual yielding points in your life that you have, the only way you're ever going to be able to see when you need to slow down and let another go by is you have to be sensitive to the Spirit. You have to be able to see not just with these eyes, but with the eye of the Spirit man. It's called discernment. Are y'all hearing me? Mm. See, yield signs are not just for you to give way. Listen to this. You might want to write this down. They're also put there to protect the ones who are already on the road. See, the yield sign forces you to think of others. 
the stop sign is just for you. Stop. Of course, it protects others as well. If you run through the stop sign, you could do some damage to them. But a stop sign says, stop for your safety. Stop. You stop what you're doing. This is personal to you. This sign on this side of the road has nothing to do with anybody else on the road. It is just about you. Stop what you're doing and sit here till it's time for you to go. But a yield sign says, okay, something's coming up that involves you, but it involves many, many others besides you. See, that's how, let me tell you what happens in the church. People get a call from God, people get a word from God, and then all of a sudden, they want to do something for God. And that's great and that's exciting. And they get all excited, and they go to the pastor, and they say, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And the pastor says, you know what? I think that's a great idea. But I think we might need to slow down just a little bit. And I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe you hadn't thought about this side of it. I, as your pastor, I'm going to help you to think about this side of it. Most of the time, people who are true servants of God and love their pastor will yield to that caution. But I've seen people barrel right through that caution. They come with a persona of submission to authority, giving way to those that are gone before them, as long as the answer is what they wanted to hear. Because the answer might be, well, that's a great idea, but I don't know if you knew about it, but Brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so already thought of the same idea, and they've already started it, and here they come. Now, if your heart is right, you'll get excited, give way, and then get on the road and realize, my God, I can still fulfill what God has called me to fulfill, be fulfilled in my life. Or you can barrel right through, take yourself out, take others out, and now cause a log jam so that no one can get through. Mm-hmm. See, yield signs forces you to think of others. Yield signs are basically a reminder of the kingdom. Everybody look up at that sign. Does that remind you of the kingdom? Let me tell you how it reminds you of the kingdom. What you make happen for others... God will make happen for you. Didn't Jesus say, you won't understand the kingdom? The kingdom is like a man who went forth and sowed seed. What you sow, shall you also give, and it shall be. So, so the yield sign... Let's just read it. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, he says, when you're at that yield sign and you're frustrated because this is causing you to be 6.9 seconds late. Oh, and the truth is, the only reason you're freaking out about it is because you didn't discipline yourself to leave early enough anyway. And you're blaming traffic now for your lack of preparation. Well, 
But when you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm going to give way, I'm going to let them go until it's safe for me to go, God says, when you let them go, you're, and when they're passing by in the place that you want to be, he's not saying to you, you can't ever go there. I'm just, God's just saying, the kingdom says, let them go. Be happy that they're already on the road that you're trying to get on. And once they go by, then you get on and do your thing. And the truth be known, by the time you get on it, if you ain't honked your horn and shouted that they were number one and all that other kind of stuff, they don't even know you exist. They're doing their own thing while you're doing your own thing. And how, how many's, I, need, I need more time. Watch this. How many's ever gotten an incident where somebody cut you off or whatever, or you, you didn't think you cut them off, and they blew the horns, you and shot your bird and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and then, you know, we all went on down the road, you just raging, man. Inside of you, your blood pressure's going up, you're looking in the rearview mirror, you know, doing all kinds of things, and you're preparing yourself how it's going to go when they come up beside you, and all of a sudden, they get off the exit, and they're gone. You ain't never going to see them again. How, am I no, how can I preach about this? Because I've lived this. They are already gone. I ain't never going to see them again. And I'm still thinking about them. I'm playing scenarios in my mind. I wish that I took that exit. I mean, I, I'm just, I mean, they ain't even thought nothing about me. They done moved on with their life. But because I was so self-focused that it was all about me, they done moved on, but I can't move on. I've seen people get hurt in church by something that they thought somebody said or by something that they thought they meant. I've seen people get mad, talk about the church, and even leave the church based on a facial expression. You know, in the world, I ain't going to say it, but some people just got one of them resting, resting female dog faces. Huh? They ain't mad at you. They just look like they're mad at you. Huh? Some of y'all got resting male dog face. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Praise the Lord. Lord's good. God's good. And they'll get mad. And that person done going home with their life. They're enjoying life. And you still burning on the inside. Because you would not give way. And let me tell you something else. Sometimes it is 100% their fault. But you have to get to a place where you just let it go. Am I preaching right? Yield sign, here's another thing for you to write down. Yield sign does not mean stop. Mm, now, wait a minute. Although sometimes, depending on traffic, you may have to stop. But I'm convinced that at least half of the population of Blunt and Jefferson County that live in this area that ever come off of Highway 79, go up the hill by McDonald's, and turn right on the yield sign, I am convinced that half of the population must be blind. They see the red, and they think it's a stop sign. Let me help y'all on something. Just, just a little. Just, just get this off my chest, y'all. 
not only is there a yield sign there on that little turn that goes around that puts you on the road that puts you down to, to, to our old building, the rock school. Not only is there a yield sign there, there's now two yield signs there. Not only are there two yield signs there now, they both have flashing LED lights on them. Flashing to remind you this is a yield. Here's the other thing that blows my mind. If the people would stop looking at their phone and just look straight ahead, they would realize at that particular curve, not only do they have a yield, not only do they have two yield signs, not only do they have two flashing yield signs, which I think is pretty cool because nobody else has got flashing yield signs. What they don't realize is all the traffic that's coming is all in the left lane. They got their own lane right in front of them that nobody is even in. So in other words, while you're sitting there looking and looking and looking and looking, and they're all just shooting down the road in the left lane, you don't even realize you got a whole lane right in front of you. But you're too worried about everybody else not letting you in. When God's trying to tell you, I got you an open road right in front of you, but if you get your eyes off everybody else and try to look on what, what I'm trying to show you, yeah, they ain't all going to CVS. That's right. Now, while I'm at it, let me go ahead and hit on this one. This ain't a yield sign, but if I don't say it now while I'm in this mood, I may not ever say it. If you're coming and you're going south on Highway 79 and you're on the little two-lane road and it turns into a four-lane right before you get to Pinson and you already know you're going to turn left at the light in Pinson, that don't mean you got to get in the left lane. The moment it changes to a four-lane and 25 people's passing you on the right lane, If you just knew what a blinker was, you'd find out the power of it. You could actually get over in the right lane, let everybody else pass by you, and when you're getting close to the red light, turn your left blinker back on and then get back over. But no, you're going to drive 40 miles an hour in the left lane, checking your Facebook, just waving at everybody. Give way, baby. I don't have road rage, y'all. I know y'all think I do. I don't. I don't. Here's how many wrecks happen at a yield sign. Not when people stop affecting the wreck that they're trying to get on the road. Because those people, you're stopped. Them people ain't worried about you because they're going. But when you stop abruptly at a place that you're only supposed to yield to, you can cause accidents behind you of others that are trying to do what you're doing. But you chose to stop your progression in God. See, some of y'all need to hear this. You don't realize it, but if you stop being what God has called you to be, you directly affect 
the ministry, the journey, and the lives of those that you don't even realize are looking up to you. And while you think you just got a right to sit down, what you're not thinking about is there are others trying to get on that road too. And they're right behind you, but you sat down, so therefore they are clogged up. You better, you better speed up and get on that road. Because as long as you're sitting there waiting, 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 pitiful, pitiful, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, you got people behind you that are dying saying, hey man, will you please lead me? Forget those things which are behind you. Press forward to those things which are before you. Isaiah 43 says this. Do not remember the former things. Don't sit there and mope and mope, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm trying to do a new thing in your life. Now it shall spring forth. Watch what he says here. Shall you not know it? Watch it. I love this. I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody tell you something. How many is excited about the fact that they came on the news this week and said, the bridges of Birmingham, some of them are already open, but by the 21st, what is today? That two more days, they're all going to be open. That's exciting. It's exciting for those that work in Birmingham. Come on, somebody. It's exciting because you've been having to take a detour and a detour and a detour. But y'all going to be living Isaiah 43. When y'all go to work next week, one day next week, you're going to be like, oh, my Lord, the Lord has made a road in the middle of a wilderness. Woo, how awesome is it? Woo, look at me. Look at me on top of this gigantic bridge. Look at now. Don't be looking down. Look at this road. Look at the road. Look at the road. Huh? It's exciting because when you get on the road that you're supposed to be on and you're trucking along like you're supposed to be trucking along, you've now made room. You've made way not just for those that had the right of way, but you've now made way. You've got out of the way of those people that are trying to join you. Everybody's on 65 and 59 and 20. Everybody's going somewhere. Think about this. Everybody's going somewhere. In some direction. And everyone on those roads, every one of them, listen to me, is behind someone and every one of them is ahead of someone. Some of them are right next to someone. So while you're going to get mad about somebody else going ahead of you, getting there before you, oh, oh, come on, let me tell you one more thing about road stuff. I'm just going to go ahead and get it all out today. I got six minutes. Watch this. Oh, don't you love it when they punch it so hard that a puff of smoke blows out the back of that vehicle, leaves you in the dust, and they're leaving you behind, wave at you as they go by. And all of a sudden, you pull up to the red light right next to them. And you want, you want so bad to roll down your window and say, I did you a lot of good, didn't it? Huh? Oh, come on. There's nothing more satisfying than to see them coming in the mirror. Now, nowadays, because of what stupid people would do, there's been a few times, I'm telling you right now, there's been a few times, I have literally wanted to look over at them and laugh at them. But nowadays, they'll pull a gun on you. So I just sort of look forward, 
sing, sing along with the radio. But in my mind, I'm like, you feel real stupid right now, don't you? Yield signs are really signs that God, yield signs are signs that God will put in your life to deal with your pride. They force you to think of others. You may get to the yield sign just as the car is coming that has the right of way towards you. And you may think, okay, I'll wait for that one. But what you may not realize is there's many other cars that's coming too. So, so even though you got, watch this, even though, it's not like a stop sign. Even though you got to the yield and had to stop to give way, even though you got to that point in the journey before all those other cars behind the car that you're giving way to, you still don't have the right to merge onto that road until all of them have gone by. So you can look over your shoulder and you can see a truck turning the corner and he's number 10 in line. And you're already having to stop at the yield because traffic is so heavy. If you were at a stop sign and they had a stop sign, you have the right to go after the next person. But not at a yield sign. A yield sign is more than you just slowing down to make sure it's safe for you to go. A yield sign is summed up this way. You slow down, you stop, and you look until everyone who was already on that road that you're trying to get on has safely passed you. Now you can merge. Listen to Proverbs 16, 17. It says, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who keeps his way preserves his soul. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The last thing I'm going to tell you is this, a yield sign. Ultimately, for a child of God, is to yield to the Holy Spirit. To give way to the Holy Spirit. Not my will, but your will be done. Do you understand? It seems crazy to think this, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God made flesh and dwelt among us, yielded. He taught us by example. Everything he did, he did as a man who happened to be God, not as God who happened to be man. So he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't get caught up in sin, but his flesh saw what was coming. And he was in such agony that blood become, began to come out of his, uh, of his sweat glands. His sweat became drops of blood, the Bible says. Listen to what he says. His He's at the yield sign. He's been faithful for 33 years. But then God shows him everything that he's about to have to merge into. And the flesh of Jesus says, Father, if it be possible to let this cup pass from me, if there is any other way than this road, Pause. And his spirit of his own spirit said, Yield. Give way. And he says, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. 
See, when Jesus had to yield to what God was saying against what his natural man wanted to do, how in the world do you think that you're not going to have to do it? It's never going to be comfortable. It's never going to be enjoyable. Because that's going to mean if you have to yield, if you actually have to come to a stop, and if you actually have to let others go before you and swallow your pride, it's going to mean it may take you a little longer than you thought it was going to take. But how many knows God, God can do more in a week than you could do in a year? He can take a year and turn it into a week. Favor can take years and years of, of struggle and walking through a wilderness, and all of a sudden, boom, everything you believe God for happens. Favor. He's just looking for faithfulness. I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm going to close with this. I had another scripture, but then I changed it at the very last minute. I was back there in my, my office, and I was studying, looking over this. This is what I heard the Lord say. I, he brought me to that story, that I, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I preached about it last week, too, about when Paul was in the ship. And he said, he told the, he told the people he was, he, was, he was a prisoner. He was being taken to trial. He told me the ship's going to go down, and he gave him instructions. You're going to lose everything. But if you do what I tell you to do, nobody will lose their life. So they're out there in the middle of the, of the ocean. I mean, not the ocean, but this, this, this sea, this body of water. And then a storm comes up. A storm comes up out of nowhere. And if you want to read it for yourself, it's in Acts 27. But what's this? It says that... It was a storm called Eurachlodon. Now, let's read that. Let's go back, go back to that scripture that Jesus had. When the south wind blew softly, supposedly, supposing that they had obtained, watch this, their desire. Now hold right there. Hold, leave it on the screen. The south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire. They chose, even though what they had heard from Paul, to put out to sea. So they're cruising along. I know what the man said, but looked at this beautiful sky. They sailed close by Crete. Crete. But watch this. But not long after, out of nowhere, a tempestuous, that means an angry, an angry headwind arose called Eurachlodon. I always like to say it that way. Eurachlodon. You can't read something like that. And a headwind arose called Eurachlodon. You got to say, and there was a storm. You got to breathe like this. Called Eurachlodon. Dum, dum, dum. Now, wait a minute. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, say it loud, we let her drive. This is what hit me this morning back there. 
Some of y'all are fighting and fighting and fighting against the storm, rebuking the storm, rebuking the storm. You are blaming the storm for slowing you down, blaming the storm for stopping you, blaming for that thing in your life, blaming, blaming, blaming. Everybody's out to get you. Maybe what you need to do is just stop fighting and let that thing drive you. Give way. Yield. What you thought was the devil just might be God trying to save your life. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there's anyone here today that feels shipwrecked, feels like they've been put in a place where they've been stalled, they've been stopped, and they think it's the devil, maybe it's you, God. I don't know what it is that's going, they're going through, but they're just at a place where they just feel stuck. Maybe they're here and they know that they're doing some things in secret, sin, that nobody knows about, addictions that nobody knows about. They're ready to be free from this. And they want to get on their destiny. They want to get on that road, that journey, God, that you've called them to. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you anybody here today that needs to pray a prayer asking God to forgive you of any sin you've ever done in your life, Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you were living for God, but you let the world, the cares of the world, just take you away from your relationship with God and you want to rededicate. If that's you, will you raise your hand? I see those hands. My God at the hands. Unbelievable. Praise God. Wow, wow, wow. Just keep, come on. Yeah, anybody else? Anybody else? God is still dealing with people. God is still dealing. Thank you, sister. I want to ask everybody to just stand, please. You know, we believe in the altar in this church. We've been in this altar for over half the service. I believe in altar calls. The last several weeks, we've had people fill with these altars. But today, I feel to do it a different way. Those that raised your hand, I want you to believe, God, that right where you're at is an altar, too. It's the altar of your heart. I hear the Lord say, today, when you go through the way of repentance, it's an acceleration put you on the journey that you've been trying to get on. Repentance is the gas pedal. As soon as you repent and mean it in your heart, God changes the stop sign, the yield sign, to a flashing green light saying, go. And you're released. But God ain't going to release you. Still living in sin. It's time to get it right. So I'm going to ask everybody in this church to pray this prayer. But those that raised your hand, I want you to pray it with the knowledge and the confidence of knowing that Jesus Christ hearing every, he is hearing every word you say. Let's say it together, church. Jesus, I come to you now. I give you praise. I give you glory for all that you've done in my life and all that you've done for me. Jesus. I believe you are the Savior of the world. Today, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior.
And I ask you to forgive me of every sin I have ever committed. Wash me clean. Jesus, from this day forward, I confess I will live for you and for you alone. I am a child of God. I'm ready for my journey. I'm ready for what you've called me to do. Nothing is going to stop me, for I am a child of God. Give Him praise right now all over this house. Come on. Give Him praise. Give Him praise.